As we go to the next session, we look at the last two verses from the first session. Psalm 80 and verse 15 and Hebrews 7 and verse 25. The vineyard which your right hand has planted and the branch that you made strong for yourself. So please remember, if you are saved, you are planted by the right hand of God. And he will make you strong. Okay. He's the vine. We are the branches. So you say, Lord, let your right hand make me strong. Let your right hand make me strong. And Hebrews words, chapter 7 and verse 25 says, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. He's able to save us to the uttermost. So that there's nothing of the world in us at all. And it's only God and nothing else. And we have to keep going back to God through him. Constantly going back to God through him. Why? Because he always lives. What does he live for? Now sometimes we need to ask this question. What do you live for? What are you living for? If you ask Jesus, what do you live for? He says to make intercession for my bride. His entire life is his prayer life until the bride comes home. All he's doing is standing in the gap and praying for his church, his bride. We need to ask, you know, what do you live for? It's a question. What do you live for? What are you living for? What is your passion for? You know what Jesus' passion is? It's us. Who lives forever. He lives to make intercession for us. That's why we are not consumed. That's why we are not consumed. Because... There is somebody who intercedes for us 24-7. God of Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. He watches over his people, our going out and our coming in. Okay, And he said, you know what I want to do to you? Deuteronomy 28 says, I want to bless you when you go out. I want to bless you when you come in. Okay, So remember, okay. <clears throat> I will go to the second session. We'll turn to Exodus chapter 19. This is when God has brought Israel to the wilderness. He said, I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. That's something that we forget. We forget what our liberty is for. That's why we go back to bondage. He sets us free. We take that freedom and run back into bondage. Like Israel, they wanted to go back to, they wanted to go back to Egypt. Okay? He sets us free. He says, I brought you. And he said, you shall be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation and a kingdom of priests. But to be all that, he said, I'm going to give you, talk to you, how you were. First go tell the people, do you want it to be? And they all said, yes. So the first thing I have to ask you is, do you want to be God's people and a holy nation? Honestly, I'm very serious. I won't say anything. If you are not, you can leave. Anybody who's not interested can leave. <laughs> Well, why are you wasting your time? God says leave. I didn't say. He said to the Laodian churches, you can leave, you can go. He told his disciples also, do you want to leave? Everybody left, only 12 are left. He said, you well, You see, nobody is held by force in the kingdom of God. If you ever reach heaven, you will realize you reached on your free will. Nobody was hogtied and taken into heaven. Hell yes, heaven no. That's why the Holy Spirit never controls anybody. The devil does. Holy Spirit does. You have to surrender to him daily. 
if you surrendered yesterday, today he says, again, I give you a free will. Day by day. Okay? So God says, I want you all to be this, but you decide. You decide. And they said, yes. We want to be your people. We want to be a holy nation. In zeal we say lots of things. I also said lots of things and ran like Jonah in the other direction. Until he he brought me back. And suddenly, divinely ordered things were happening in life where you had, you know, you know, you have four directions and all four directions were closed, so you had to look at the fifth direction and that was open. You know, that's why we don't read news, we read the Bible. News is four direction, Bible is upwards. Okay. And then you look up, you read the news, you understand news. I'm not saying don't read news. If you don't look up and read news, you don't understand news. So here are Israel. <coughs> so God says, okay, fine. I will come to you tomorrow. I'll speak to you how you can be my people. The Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today, tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. Okay, this old covenant. Let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Okay? For us, what does it mean? The third day is very, very close. He has given us one day and two days to do the cures, to cast up demons, and to sanctify ourselves so on the third day he will come into our midst. He's coming very close. I mean, if your spiritual ears are open, you can really hear the hoofbeats of the horsemen. Okay, the hoofbeats of the horsemen. You can hear. It's very close. The third day is very, very close. So he gave us two days. 1,000 years plus 1,000 years. We are here in 2020. When did that day begin? I don't know. If it is from his death, then we have very little time. We cannot put a day and a time. But we don't know. God in his mercy could extend it. That is why he didn't give a specific or God could shorten it because the church is ready. The only one who has the power to make Jesus come fast is the church. She has the power to hasten his coming. So if we are not interested, remember there are plenty of people in the world, in the church, who is interested in his coming. And they are preparing, they are beautifying themselves, they are getting ready. And God will say, and say, so Father says, son, your bride is ready, go get her. And we will be sitting here twiddling our thumbs, without wondering what happened. That's what it says. I give you one day, the second day, Get them ready. On the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. <clears throat> you shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourself that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. So boundaries were put. Yeah. Verse 20 to 24. Then the Lord came down on Mount Sinai on the top of the mountains and God, Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. Moses went up. The Lord said to Moses, go down and warn the people lest they break through to gaze at the Lord and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves lest the Lord break out against them. But Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai for you wander setting bounds around the mountain and consecrate it. Then the Lord said, away, get down and come up, you Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. 
KJV will is break forth unless the Lord break forth. Okay. This is the difference between law and grace. John 1 and verse 17 scripture says, Law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Okay. So if the first session we made a resolve, we made a commitment, we made our confession saying, Lord, revive me, restore me. The next thing we are moving into this. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. But when the law came, bounds were put, boundaries were put. And God says, don't come near. If you come near, I will break out against you. I'll break forth against you. Stay away. Stay away. Only Moses and Aaron were allowed to come. Okay, Stay away. Stay far away. New covenant is completely different. In Hebrews 4 and verse 16. 416. <coughs> Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, <coughs> that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. On the other hand, the new covenant people, God says, come boldly. Boundaries are lifted. No restrictions. No restrictions. Just come boldly. Confidently to the throne room of grace. We may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's completely different. Okay. God says in the new covenant, if you break through, he will break out for us in mercy and grace. The old covenant, he says, if you break through, I will break out against you. Stay away. Stay away. We sometimes do not understand the privilege of the covenant we are living in. Living in. And we take it very lightly. Very lightly. Okay. There God said, if anybody touches the mountain, kill him. No. So there were soldiers with drawn arrows waiting to see that nobody touched the holy mountain on which God descended. Because he says, if you break through the boundaries I have set, I will break forth against you. I'll break out against you. New covenant is a completely different picture. That's why we do not understand the the depth of what Christ Jesus did for us. He took the entire wrath of God upon himself. Okay? So that we are not consumed. That we can actually, through him, approach a holy God. And we are not consumed. And he doesn't break out against us. <clears throat> we can. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit sees us in Christ Jesus. And when we cry out to him, the Holy Spirit takes us to the Father through Christ Jesus. The blood of Jesus is our covering. The body of Jesus is our protection. He takes us through. And God does not break forth, break out against us. In verse 12, <clears throat> there was boundaries set on Mount Sinai. You shall set bounds for the people all around saying, take heed to yourself that you do not go up the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Bounds are set around Mount Sinai. No bounds were set around Mount Calvary. You know that? That's why the writer of Hebrews says, let it go outside the gate, bearing his reproach. We have no lasting city here. Mount Sinai. 
bounds. Mount Calvary, no bounds. No bounds. Why were bounds set? Why were bounds set? Verse 21. Why were bounds set? The Lord said to the people, go down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord and many of them perish. What is it? What is God telling? There's a spiritual principle over there. He says, be very careful. I know these people. They are not serious about anything. They like a spectacle. They do not know the presence of God comes. It is not a spectacle. It's a dangerous place. Okay? Lest they come to gaze upon the Lord. Okay? We don't come to gaze on the Lord. We come to worship. We come to worship. Okay. Our God is a consuming fire. If we come to worship Him, the fire will consume the dross in us. If we come to gaze upon Him, the fire will consume us. So He says, warn the people. Warn the people. Lest they break through to gaze at the Lord and many of them perish. What is God saying? God is saying, I am tired of people coming to see a spectacle. IPL, India's greatest sporting event is going on. Do you know the stadiums are empty? What a waste of time and money. But it's big money. So the game will continue. Australians want to go back. But the government said you have to come on your own. All flights from India stopped. IPL said, please don't go. We'll charter a flight and send you. We need money. Playing before an empty stadium. Think about it. Internet is gone. No live streaming. And I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> Nobody to hear. Nothing is being recorded. I can pray. But preaching. No? A lot of people. Church is a spectacle. They are spectators. And God is asking. Are you a spectator? Or are you a participant? Of something that God is doing? In every generation, God has a movement going on. And God says, are you a spectator? Ah, I liked, I worship was good, I liked it. God didn't ask you whether you liked the worship. God said, were you a worshiper? Oh, today prayer was very powerful. God didn't ask that. You're a spectator. God said, did you pray? Oh, pastor, priest, very well. God didn't ask you that. Did you hear my voice? Are you a spectator? Are you a participant? God says, people, come to gaze upon the Lord. Put boundaries. Lest they break through. For what? To gaze upon the Lord and perish. It's time to get serious and not religious. Because thing is that God breaks forth against gazers. Gazers. You know what he does? He will allow a spirit of slumber to come upon you right in the church. I'm not saying you fall asleep. I'm not saying that you fall asleep spiritually. And you are not even aware. You are not even aware. Okay? He doesn't kill like in the Old Testament. Death takes place in other forms. But if you are broken before the Lord... He breaks through, not against you, but He breaks through for you in mercy and grace. 
If you break through, the only way you can break through is through brokenness. If you break through in brokenness, God will rain upon you in mercy and in grace. But if we break through to gaze upon him, like God did on the people of Bethshemesh, Israel lost during the time of Eli. The ark was taken. The Philistines took the ark and they regretted it. Some people want to take the presence of God with them and they regret it. Okay. They took the presence of God with them and little later they are regretting because the ark revealed all the idols in their temple. Lord, pastor, please pray over me. I want an impartation of anointing. You take it and from there life is going wrong. Every idol is falling down. The neck broken, head broken, hand broken, the computer crashed on which you watched porn. The, the phone went off on which you watched movies. Lord, what is happening? God says, you brought took my presence home. Your idols are crashing. One's head is gone, another one's uh, charger is gone. <laughs> no? You're wondering what happened? That's why God says, do not be hasty in laying of hands. The presence may go with you. <laughs> they took it. These guys are ravished by God. Now they are in a hurry to send it back. Because they cannot go to the loo. Everybody's got piles, tumors. That's what the Bible says. That's what it says. He struck them with tumors. Everybody's got piles and tumors. Why? They took the presence of God with them. Think about it. So finally they sent it. And they got a cow that had never been yoked. Fresh, freshly carved. Yoked it to a fresh cart, painted everything, put the ark over there with lots of gold offerings. They made offerings according to their disease, piles. <laughs> there must have been a radiologist among them who took the shapes. <laughs> radiologist among them who took the shapes, made gold, gold piles, not piles of gold, but gold piles, <laughs> put it in the ark and send it. Because this, they wanted to know this is of God or not. The cows took off. Because this is, the cows sometimes, that's what I said yesterday. Yesterday, remember if you listened yesterday, I said, you know what? God uh, created everything by the word of his mouth. Let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. Even the animals, birds, not us. When he created animal, man, he says, he formed man. He did not say, let there be man. He didn't do that. He formed man. And then he breathed into it. So if you look at the animals, because they were created by the word of God, they obey the word of God without reservation. They don't disobey. Mother cows, leave your calves, go straight to Israel, they took off. Animals, get all into two by two, they all got him. Raven, I know you are very hungry, but drop the food at Elijah, don't eat at this thing. They obey. Donkey, speak, he spoke. Rooster, crow, they, crow. they never disobeyed. Young one of a call, never ridden. No bucking, nothing. Jesus goes on it. Okay, Animals obey because they were created. Whale, swallow Jonah, keep him safe three days, spit him out. They do all that. You know why? Because they were created by the word of God. Therefore, they obey the word of God. We were not. So when salvation begins, God creates us again by the word of God this time. We are born again by the word of God. So now we have the capacity to obey the word of God. 
understand that. So that's a key thing. Do I obey the word of God? Because I've been birthed by the word of God. And the spirit has been given so that we can obey the word of God. So they go. And what happens? These people, these, this cart straight, straight up to the Israelite territory to a place called Bethsemesh. And the people of Israel got so excited they went to look into the ark. Look at what happened. Yeah. First Samuel. Can I have it? Then he struck the men of Beth Shemesh because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. How many? He struck 50,070 men of the people. And the people lamented because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. Why did they come? They came to gaze upon the Lord. Gaze. They're not even gazing upon God. They're gazing upon a representation of his character in the ark. They looked, they died. And fellows are still coming to look and die. But there's something, you know, a lot of people are like that. You know what? Yeah, he sinned and he died. But I can sin and I will die. I won't die. That's why people are very, very resilient. No? I have to experience it myself. I don't believe you. I mean, the best teacher is somebody's experience. Why do you have to go that? Anything you want to experience, Solomon experienced and he's telling at the end, don't go that way. No. I will go that way. God says, go die. Ark is only so small. How many people have to go back and fall dead? 57,017. Man, the stubbornness of a fallen man. Stubbornness of the fallen man. How many times do we have to hear the same thing over and over and over and over and over again before we obey? 57,000. Why? Because they were gazing. At God. We don't gaze at God. We adore Him. We worship Him. We glorify Him. We lift Him up. You won't die. But you gaze at Him. Gaze at Him. You know where you gaze? You go to a museum and you gaze. Ah, so nice. You don't do that with God. It's not a spectacle. It's not a spectacle. How many died? 57,080 people died. 50,070 people died. And what was their cry in verse 20? They cried. The men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy God, Lord God? And whom shall it go up from us? Who is able to stand? Who can stand before this God? It's a question. The answer is given by God himself. I gave four verses. We'll go one by one. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as a contrite spirit. God says, if you have a broken heart, I won't break forth against you. I will break forth for you. If you're broken heart, only a broken heart can break through the boundaries which God has set and you are not consumed. That God adores a broken heart and a contrite spirit. A broken and a contrite spirit. The next one. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. He will not. The sacrifices of God. God wants a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? A broken spirit. You want a breakthrough? Want a breakthrough? God says, help me to break you. Allow me to break you. A broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. You will not. And God will not break against you. A hardened heart he will break against. A stubborn heart he will. He will not destroy, he will keep breaking you. 
God himself goes against you. Next one. For thus says the high and the lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who has a contrite and a humble spirit. He says, the humble and a contrite spirit, a broken spirit, I don't break forth against them. I break forth for them. For what? To revive the spirit of the humble. To revive the heart of the contrite. We said revive. Psalm 80 was saying, Lord, revive us, O Lord. Restore us, O Lord. God says, I will. But I can only revive and restore those who are broken. Meaning you go through situations. You go through situations. And the question is, are you broken by it? Are you broken? Like the children sitting here. Let us put it in terms of government, orphanage. That means you came from homes which couldn't support you. But the question is, what you went through, did it break you? Did it break you? Has your situations that you have gone through broken you? That you fall upon God and say, Lord, thank you. I'll be forever grateful to you. That you did not abandon me in the streets. I did not, like if you look at the young girls sitting over here from India, you did not marry me off at 13 in the village. I'm sitting here and studying. When I look back in the village, all of them have babies. Are you broken? Contrite before God? Or has it hardened your heart? The gratefulness of the prodigal son. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. That's what God is talking about. The grateful of Mary. Seven demons God had cast out of her. And she's sitting. She's, 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 won't leave him. Not even his dead body. Thinking he was the gardener says, Master, where is his dead body? Can I carry it from here? Why? Because she's broken. Her experiences have taught her to be contrite and broken. The problem is our experiences don't teach us. You know what? We come to gaze upon God. We are not able to praise Him. We are not able to hear the word of God. You know why we are not able to hear the word of God? Because what we have gone through has not broken us. Broken us. You know what happens? If you are a child of God, you are looking towards to harder times. Because God will break you. There will be nobody who enters into heaven who is not broken. Why? Because I dwell in the high and holy place with him and also with him who has a contrite. So in heaven, everybody is going to, or people are going to dwell with God. So when you reach heaven, you can be very sure you will be broken and contrite. So you can dwell with God. Why? Because God is lowly. He's not breaking you because he's proud. On the other hand, he's breaking you so that he, you can live with him because he is lowly. Jesus said that. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly. I am meek and lowly. And this is the first thing we need to understand. Lord, if revival has to take place in my life, Lord, I need to be broken before you. You know, We are not consumed according to our sins and our iniquities. And we come to church week after week and we gaze upon him and go. And we don't remember this, the people of Bethshemes. From today, remember Bethshemes. 50,070 people went, died, because they casually looked into the ark. And we have somebody greater than the ark. The Spirit of God comes into the midst. The Word of God comes to the midst. We gaze and go. And we are not consumed. 
You know why? Because he stands before the Father and he forever make intercession. Lord, extend, Lord, have mercy, Dad. Give, give them more time. Give them more time. So this pandemic should open our eyes. On our eyes. You know, I've, I've got letters from people, letters from people who said they should not have survived technically, medically, but they came out. And they said, when we were in the ICU gasping this thing, you know what they said? The Lord showed me all the evil I had done in life. And then sent me out. I'm saying, extending your lease. Extending my lease. So we who were not afflicted, are we taking it lightly? Let me read about somebody who wrote today. Look at what that person says. So that you know. I am well. Jesus is alive. I saw the heavens open. Wasn't the Remember, coming from the COVID isolation ward, I saw the enemy gnashing and screaming in hell. We are truly in the last hour. Many, many are lost in the dark world. I want to thank you for your messages. Blessed by the prayer you sent me. Blessed beyond measure. We need, okay, we leave all that. Okay, but, okay. I heard them. Okay, he's talking in the, I heard them in the spirit screaming while in the ICU. While I was there, hundreds died in the ICU. I was raised from the dead. But God said, it is not time for you to die. You shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. This is today. Okay. That's what God is talking about. We are not touched and we take it for granted. Oxygen free. God says they are gasping. Most of the people who died in the last few weeks in India did not die because of COVID. They died because of lack of oxygen. Do you know? Indian Air Force huge planes are flying all over the world to bring oxygen into this country. Massive aircrafts are going to bring ventilators. And Can you think about it? And we are breathing. And God says, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's what God is saying. No, forget all the other problems. The solution is me. The solution is God taking my external circumstances. No, it doesn't begin with that. If the problem is me, the solution is me. Revival begins with the individual. And when every individual changes, the nation changes. I keep telling to America, the solution doesn't come from politics. The solution comes from the, from the church. When the church is revived and the Holy Spirit moves, the people will change. There's nothing the enemy can do then. The answer is with the church. God has only one answer. It's the church. God doesn't speak to the people in the world. God speaks to his people. And God says, you know what? You are not consumed. If you don't want to be consumed, you know what? Allow me to break you. Allow circumstance to break you. You shouldn't get hard. Very often used illustration. The same sun falls on the wax and the wet clay. Same sun. But after some time you go to the wax, it is soft. You go to the clay, it is hard. I mean, but it's the same sun. The same experience. Have you come out bitter? Or have you come better? Have you come more humble? Or have you come more arrogant and hard-hearted is the question. 
Because there's nobody here. I don't see anybody here who hasn't gone through pain. Is there anybody who hasn't gone through pain? The room full of pain. Not painful people, a room full of pain. <laughs> but the question is, what has it made you? Have you become harsher? Have it make you harder to the voice of God? Or have you become more, more humble, more gentle, so that God can speak to you? That the voice of God is getting more and more clearer. That's what. Or have your heart become harder to God and softer to the world? Ask these questions. Psalm 66. Sorry, Isaiah 66. For all those things my hand has made. Verse. Yeah, two. And all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one I will look. On him who is poor of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. How do you know you are a poor? One clue is given there. How do you know you are a poor of a contrite spirit? Your reaction to the word of God. That is the key. How do you react to the word of God is the key. Is the key. You, you need evidence. Oh, poor and contrite spirit. How do I know, Lord, somebody who walks like this? God says, no. Somebody who walks like this? No. Somebody who says, hazur, hazur? No. None of these things. They could be as proud as the man before whom he bows. He's bowing because he needs something from him. So how do you know? God says, your reaction to my word. How you deal with my word is a reflection of your heart. Because one thing of God we have with us is the word, the word of God, who trembles at my word. He looks down. He not only looks down, he also writes it down. Malachi says he writes it down. He heard, listens to the conversation of people who fear God. And he said, write it down. I want to listen to the conversation. Write it down as a memorial. Because people who fear God talks differently. They are not rash with their words. They are not arrogant with their words. They're not flippant with their words. They're very careful about how they speak. I'm not saying that you don't, don't joke and all that. But there is always a reverence. They don't blow their gasket. The gasket is well tied and kept there. Sealed. Understand these things. So God is saying, don't come to gaze. Okay? God is bringing the church to a point. Where it is all of God or nothing. All of God or nothing. He says, if you break through, I will break forth for you. He's no longer saying in the new covenant, if you break through, I will break out against you. No. He says, I want you to break through. I want to come to. I want you to come to the throne room of grace. And doesn't matter how many times you fall. Keep coming back because I want you to receive mercy and grace and go back and get stronger. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Break through. Break through. And I won't break forth against you. I will break forth for you. John chapter 12 and verse 24. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Right? A seed, grain. If you take a seed and keep it like that, ultimately, 
Some ant will eat it, or it will just rot and go away. That's all. But on the other hand, if it falls to the ground, you dig, you sow, it falls to the ground. It is buried. If it dies, it produces much grain. You know what happens to the seed? It is hidden in the soil. It is hidden in the dark. You don't see anything. Remember, we are all afraid of the dark. In the dark, what is happening to the seed? What is happening to the seed in the dark? Inside the outer shell is their life. And the life is fighting to break through the shell. It is fighting to break through the shell. It is in the dark. It is buried. Nobody sees it. But something happens in the dark. Something happens when it is buried. The life inside the shell is fighting to break through. And when it breaks through, God breaks forth on it. It brings forth a harvest. If it doesn't break through, God doesn't break forth. You to understand the principle. We have to break through. If we don't break through, he cannot break forth. We have to break through. We don't like dark. We don't like night. That's why we put lights all the time. Children want night lamp or the door open. Yes, there is sorrow in the night. But if you break through, there is joy in the morning. Death for him, life for us. Three days and three nights in the dark. But on the third day morning, he broke through. He broke through. Because he broke through, God breaks forth for us. If he hadn't broken through, we would be all dead. He broke through. Therefore, God breaks forth for us. So we have to break through. We are not afraid of the dark. 13 years as a slave and as a prisoner. It was dark. But you know what? He broke through. And God broke forth. Death for Joseph for 13 years. But life for his household till he dies. Death for Joseph. Life for his household. Understand the principle. How the principle changes in the new covenant. What did Jesus say? He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. Ask yourself, are you finding your life or losing it for Christ? And if you are finding your life and in this world, God says, you will ultimately lose it. The seed that is sitting on the shelf will ultimately die. Wasted. Some insect will eat it. It's gone. But if it is buried in the dark, when it breaks through the shell, it comes out. It brings forth the harvest. It went in as one and died. It comes out as that 100, 200, 300. How many it brings forth? That's a principle of breaking through. 
40 years in the wilderness for Moses. 40 years. It was death for Moses. It was life for Israel. Death for one man. Life for a nation. You know why? Because in that death, he broke through. And God broke forth for him. In the 40th year of his life in the wilderness, he broke through. He saw the bush burning. He went. He broke through. Meaning, the faith in him still had it died. It cut through the shell and he went close to God. Usually by then people give up and say, there's no meaning, no purpose in my life. I'm quitting on this God. He broke through and God broke forth. Death for one man, deliverance for Israel. Three and a half years for Elijah. In Cherith, in the wilderness, and in the furnace of Zarephath. Death for Elijah. Revival for Israel. What I'm trying to tell you is you need to look at how God is putting you through. And you don't fight those things God is putting you through because if you're willing to die to yourself, he will break forth for you only one day and you will bring life to others. That's the principle of the kingdom of God. That's the principle of the of, of, of God's kingdom. That's how it works. Sometimes we fight the very things which God is trying to frame us so that we can bring forth the harvest in his kingdom. And that was what God was telling Saul of Tarsus. Don't kick against the goats. The goat is supposed to take you in a direction. You are fighting it. Don't fight it. Allow it to lead you. Allow it to lead you. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. What do we have? Treasure. Inside, if you're born again, there is treasure. <laughs> not earthly treasure, heavenly treasure, eternal treasure. The problem is it's in a pot, hard pot. <laughs> microwave safe pot. You put it in the microwave also, nothing happens to that pot. Certain pots melt. This pot doesn't melt. So the treasure nobody sees. Everybody sees only the pot. Okay. So what does the next verses say? We are hard pressed on every side. Yet not crushed. Why are we hard pressed on every side? Are you crushed? If you are crushed, Treasure is in there. If you are not crushed, hard pressed but not crushed, it's a proof of the treasure. Right? Let us take a paper bag which is empty and a paper bag in which there is a stone. Crush this. It will go. Crush this. It will not. Because there is something inside it. So God says, this is the proof. How you go through trials. How you go through pressure. How you handle pressure. Hard pressed but not crushed. If there is treasure inside. Because you know what? Christ cannot be crushed. Genuine faith cannot be crushed. The spirit of God cannot be crushed. This is proof. Why do we need this proof? Because we are going to go for an exam. 
there's a judgment day. There are rewards going to be given. Eternity is going to be decided. So God says, you know what? You're going through something. Nations are going through something. Families are going through. People are going through crisis. And God says, you know why I allowed those crisis? To ch- check you out. <coughs> what is inside you? We are perplexed. Meaning sometimes we are confused. But you're not in despair. What to do? <laughs> we do not know. Are you in despair? No. Are you in despair? No. Ask yourself, are you in despair? Persecuted. Not forsaken. Do you feel forsaken? That's Gideon felt forsaken. Midianites have taken all of how we have been forsaken. God says no. Peter didn't feel forsaken in prison. Paul and Silas did not feel forsaken in prison. If you are a child of God, you will not be forsaken in the COVID ward or the ICU. You are not forsaken. How do you feel? Do you feel forsaken? Struck down. I'm struck down. I'm destroyed. No. Verse 10. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. God says, you know what? God's people understand the principle. His saints understand the principle. Unless the pot is broken, the treasure is not revealed. So on the body, we carry the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Because when you go through, there are five people in a COVID ward going through a crisis. One is a child of God. All of them are in despair. One is praising God. Why? Because there is treasure inside. Okay. <coughs> I'm just using an illustration, but there are. Any situation we can pick up. That's a proof of the treasure. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Delivered to death. For whose sake? Jesus' sake. Why? That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in the mortal flesh. Do we understand principles? If you're not being delivered, then there's something wrong with me. Because the proof of the pudding is in the... So what does the Bible says? Then death is working in us, but life in you. Death is working on us. The outer man is being broken. The shell is being broken. But when you see the treasure, you are attracted to Christ because life is working in you. It's working in you. The life of Christ is being manifested. Understand principles. So you need to understand why do some people go through what others don't. Death for us, life for them. If we break through the shell, God will break through for us. He will break forth for us. But if on the other hand, if we are comfortable in the shell, God cannot break forth for us. You getting the picture? So, my favorite example. At the midnight hour, It was a test for Paul and Silas. Will the life of Christ be manifested in you? Will you break forth? If you break through, Christ will break forth. That's the key. Our problem is, Lord, where are you, Lord? God said, I'm right beside you, but you're not breaking through. 
We don't break through. We're not talking about unbelievers who have to come to salvation. We're talking about people who are growing in the Lord. If we don't break through, he cannot break forth. So there they are. At the mid, but, it begins with but. But, they were thrown into this, whipped, stripped, whipped, thrown in, legs tied in the stocks. But, at the midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. They can't lie down. Legs are locked up. And Paul's asked Silas, Silas, what do we do? You have a pack of cards? That's what how people, wild time and they're not able to sleep. I'm talking not in the world, I'm talking about in the church. What do they say? Let's pray. Let's worship. Let's praise God. By the way, where do you come from? From publicly being stripped and whipped. What shall we do? Worship. Let's praise God. What was inside was being revealed, came out. See, when crisis comes, whatever is inside comes out. Today's reading, right? Christians are like tea bags. Christians that are like tea bags. Whatever is inside will come out. Whatever is inside will come out. Anybody, whatever is inside will come. We have this nursery rhyme, no? I am a little teapot. And what is that? Tell me, Hepsi. <laughs> you don't, okay. No? Tilt me and pour me out. Like, remember the old example I gave you with a glass with water and somebody comes and hits me and the water spills and I ask you, why did the water spill? Everybody said, because somebody jammed in. Do you know? It's because there was water in the glass. Why do we lose it? Whatever you lose is what came out. Because that was what was inside. What was inside you? It came out. That's all. The, don't blame the situation. The situation only revealed what you were. It only revealed what you were. So God allows us to go through situations to reveal is it is your flesh or Christ in you. You need to know, examine yourself whether Christ is in you. So we go through situations so that I, he's not condemning us. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He's exhorting us to look into it. My son never fails. My son never loses. My son is never defeated. You know why you're defeated? Because you are coming out. He's not coming out. So Paul and Silas were whipped. They were stripped. They were thrown into the, this thing. And you know what? What was inside came out. They prayed. Why? Because on the cross Jesus prayed. They sat. And what was happening? The prisoners were listening to them. What does that mean? It means death for them, life for them. Life for the others. That is the life of Christ. So what is God asking the people around the world, Christians asking, as you go this pressure, as you go through lockdown, as you go in the hostility of the world, God says, let Christ come out. It is life for them. Don't react like them. It's death. It's death. Don't react like them. It is death. And you know what happens? God breaks through. God breaks through. Look at the next verse, 26. Yeah, well, let's go to 26. I didn't give 26. God literally prayed. They were singing and the prisoners were listening to them. And what did verse 26 say? Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were opened. Everyone's chains were loosed. Why? Because they broke through and God broke forth for them. Why do chains not come off? 
because we are not breaking through. God is just a call away. He's right there wanting to break through into our situations, break forth into our situations with mercy and grace. But he says, you're not breaking through. You're not breaking through. You're not breaking through. So we need to understand fundamental principles. If you're going through persecution, you're going through for the righteousness sake, you're going through pressure. God's word teaches us how to react, how to love. Breaks through. God breaks. Because the Bible says God enthrones himself in the praises of his people. He breaks through. Sorrow comes in the night, but joy comes in the morning. It was the midnight hour when all these things happened. And what does verse 34, 35 say? When he had brought them into his house. Who is this? The jailer. He set food before them and he rejoiced. Having believed in, in God with all his house. Do you know if you are a servant of God, doesn't matter what you go through. Once you have people getting saved, everything, it's like labor. It's just like labor. All the labor pain is forgotten when you take the baby and put it in the arms of the mother. Everything is forgotten. Every beating is forgotten. Every insult is forgotten because the family is God saved. You literally birthed children into the kingdom of God. He rejoiced. Paul and Silas must have rejoiced. And verse 35, when it was day, the magistrates and officers say, let those men go. Deliverance has come. Sorrow comes in the night, joy comes in the morning. If you break through, God will break forth. Fundamental principles cannot be changed. If I break through, if you break through, God will break forth. So to all the brethren in the churches in the U.S. and all, be very careful when this hostile regime comes, coming after Christians and changing the laws and stolen election and illegitimate regimes and all. Don't worry about any of those things. You be careful about how you respond. How you respond. You have to do what you have to do. But our inner attitude matters. We can't sulk like them. We can't talk like them. We can't walk like them. We can't behave like them. We can take righteous actions. But our reactions matter. Otherwise, you know what? You will be fighting flesh with the power of your flesh while they are empowered by the powers of darkness. You have no power behind you. But if you have the power of God behind you, no flesh can withstand you. What we need is the power of God. We need the power of God. But God works only in certain ways. He doesn't work in all ways. The way is very, very narrow. So please understand the principle. When you break through, what happens? God breaks forth. And when you break forth, God delivers you. You will leave some things behind. I'll tell you what Paul and Silas did not take from the prison. They did not take their chains. You leave some things behind. When God breaks through for you, the things which bound you in the past, you leave them behind. You are free. You are free. Whatever it is binding you, when God breaks through for you, whether it is alcohol, whether it is lust in its various forms, addictions, bitterness, unforgiveness, whatever it is, what happens? You leave it behind. You know why? Because God has broken through for you. I'm saying it in a very gentle, unusual way because this is not a church platform where I don't have space to move. But the truth does not change. 
in a normal pastor's conference, I wouldn't be saying these things in this tone. But I cannot jump. I cannot move because I would fall. Constraint. <laughs> okay. My legs are in stocks. <laughs> but not my soul. Okay. So because the tone is gentle, don't underestimate the weight of the words. When God breaks through for you, the things that you leave behind are the things this world chained you with. You leave those things behind. Your addictions are broken. Your resentment is broken. Your unforgiveness is broken. Your bitterness is broken. Your wrath is broken. Your anger is broken. Your despair is broken. Your depression is broken. You come out stronger. Stronger. Your deliverance is there at the, when morning came, they were delivered. They didn't ask for deliverance. They came to them and set them free. God will set them free. God will set you free. But we need to be very careful how we react to these things. If you can break through, what do you need to break through? You need to break through fear. You need to break through complacency. You know what complacency is? Chalega. India's most famous word, chalega. Hmm? Complacency, mediocrity. Be excellent in what is good. No, I shall be mediocre. Be excellent. If you can break through fear and complacency and mediocrity and sloth and laziness in and break through into the throne room of God where he invites you, God will break through for you. And it doesn't matter how low you have sunk in your rebellion. If you can break through your stubbornness, you know, modern Christians are very stubborn. Very stubborn. A generation of stubborn Christians. You know why? Because we took the Bible out and took psychology in and raised our children that way, thinking that children should be free to express their opinions and they should be made uh, freedom to make their own decisions. We took the Bible out. And you know what? We have a stubborn generation who doesn't listen to anything. My way or the highway. The Bible taught us completely different. Child, children should be seen and not heard. Children should obey or smack the daylights out of them until they obey. Use the rod of discipline. Your child will not die. <laughs> that we didn't do that. We took all that in psychology. I am okay. You are okay. Doctor spoke. I don't know all these people. No, we read all these psychologists who are demon-inspired demon people. Actually, we read them and trained our children in demonology and put the Bible out. <laughs> And now you have a generation coming up. Nobody can tell them anything. But they are broken. Many of them are broken. broken. But they were brought up that way. And Biden is sitting and spending money. Here, free, free, free. What for me? What for me? 1.8 trillion dollars. I am bankrupting the nation for the next 100 years. Take care. Free, 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 free. You know why these children? They will take it. They will take it. Will you take anything that is given to you free? Will you work for it? I like my eldest son that way. Nothing wants free. Nothing free. Son, take it, no? I didn't work for it. You work for it. I don't want anything free. 
here we are waiting in india free everything free hmm? even if we don't want something be be buy one to get that one free that is our mentality so it is always sold to us buy one get one free that's why we are not able to break through the only thing free is salvation and after that you have to break through break through like i said yesterday you can never say yes to jesus without saying no to something else it's not possible can never say yes to god without saying no and people know it very well so they say no to god and say yes to the rest and when they are in trouble they cry out and god is such a kind merciful god he still hears us most men wouldn't hear indian fathers don't hear they cut off by saying tum mera bachcha nahi hai khandani ki nahi that all hindi movies made of because he went did something which the father did not like cut him off in disinherited nothing for you our god patiently waits you go do 200 different things come back he says still come back break through so it doesn't matter how low you have sunk if you go back if you can break through look at this man you cannot sing lower than this john 2 6 and 7 i went down to the moorings of the mountains meaning the bottom of the sea the earth with its bars closed behind me forever yet you have brought up my life from the pit o lord my god when my soul fainted within me i remembered the lord my prayer went up to you into your holy temple where is he praying from from the belly of the fish from the bottom of the sea this is a first sub- human submarine we think man invented submarine no god god made the first submarine it was a whale into your holy temple gone down there you can't go lower than that in his rebellion and from there his prayer went up and god still heard him god still heard him. verse 8 those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy one of the beautiful things that is happening to god saints is in the icu god is giving them a flashback of their life and showing them all the idols they worshiped in their life you're struggling for breath what difference does it make your name your reputation your money what difference does it make your medals your followers on twitter facebook what difference does it make honestly what does, what difference does it make your resentment you are holding your grudge you are holding in the icu you will suddenly realize you no know, all the idols these are you know what worthless idols those who regard worthless idols hang on to worthless idols you know what they are doing they are forsaking their own mercy they are forsaking their own mercy so bad things are not necessarily bad if it allows us to discover the idols the worthless idols we are holding on to we'll get rid of them if we don't get rid of them what are we forsaking our own mercy and you know what this man he needed to be dealt with because he's an extremely self-willed stubborn man and there are a lot of stubborn self-willed people stubborn even the mules are su- surprised by them because mule is supposed to be the most stubborn animal he says stubborn as a mule that is jona 
So he had to go down to Joppa, from into the boat, into the harbor, down in the bottom of the boat, from there to the bottom of the belly of the fish, and from there to the bottom of the ocean. Finally, he can't go any more further. He's reached the bottom. Then he cried, and God heard. Not like the prodigal son. Further down, 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 finally in the pig pen. Wasted his money with harlots and drinking, and okay, you went down, 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 down. From there he cried out, and father heard it. He broke through from there. That's the mystery. He broke through. And God broke forth for him. From there he broke through. He prayed. You know how many people's prayers God I heard from the ICU? He heard. They should have died. They came out alive. They cried. Lord have mercy on me. God says go. That's the nature of a God. Breakthrough. If you are able to break through. God is able to break forth for you. And breakthrough is not so difficult. It's just a cry. Lord have mercy. Have mercy. And mercy. Verse 10. God broke through for him. So the Lord spoke to the fish. And it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. So simple for God. We think it is so difficult. Lord, when will you break through for me? God says, just cry out. Lord help me. <laughs> Finish. Well, the next thing you see, he's walking on. Usually, when you come up so fast from the ocean, you have depression and your head is feeling nothing. When God does it, there is no issues. <laughs> you know, you know when people come from the submarine up and or from the space station, they have to they have to go through what is what you call all kind reorientation. No reorientation, nothing for. Nothing for Jonah, because God is the one who spat him out. Chapter 3 says the word of the Lord again came, and next thing you see, Jonah is back preaching. No reorientation, he's now oriented. (laughs) Properly oriented. Properly oriented. That's our God. You have to look at the goodness and the kindness and the mercy of God. If only, he has set no boundaries. He says, come to me boldly, confidently to the throne room of grace. If we can break through, we receive mercy and grace of God. But if we hold on to worthless idols, we forsake our own mercy. We, not God. God is still waiting to show mercy. We forsook our own mercy. So you remember, when you break through, you leave a lot of things behind. <laughs> Paul and Silas left their chains behind. Jonah left his worthless idols behind. In Daniel chapter 3, 24, 25, you know what they left behind. Kid Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose. We threw them bound. But three men bound, we see four men loose. You know why? Because they broke through under pressure. They refused to bend. They refused to bow. They said, we will die. And the king said, die. So they threw them bound, but God broke through for them. Because they broke through, God broke forth. You know why God never breaks for us, breaks through, breaks forth for us? Because before the fire comes, we bend. I can't take it. 
So he never breaks forth for us. We bend. We bend before. Because we see the fire. We see the trouble. We imagine it. And we say, you know what? God is not going to break through for me. That is all. Seven days. Samuel has not appeared. You know what? God is not going to break through. Let me take things in my own hand. He didn't break through. He broke down. If you don't break through, I'm telling you, you will break down. You may think it's a solution. but the long run, you will realize your love life has broken down because you did not allow God to break forth for you. Don't break down. Don't break down. You have to break through. Once you break through, once you have broken through in your life, you will experience the power of God's hand. You will realize, you know what? This is constant. He will break through for me. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to bow. What happened when they broke through? Their, the cords that bound them was gone. They went in three, but suddenly there was four. They went in bound. They walked loose. They were bound hand and feet and throat. What the world had bound them with was gone. That's what God is talking about. Exodus 19 and verse 21. If you're hungry, hold your stomach. This is a man who's used to hunger. <laughs> He's fasting. So it doesn't bother me at all. So if you see smoke coming out of your ears and all, just pour some water in. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just cool them down. Pour some water in the ears and nostrils. If you, because some people, the intestines are made of rubber, so it burns. Smoke comes out. They have no habit of fasting at all. <laughs> These are Malu jokes translated into English. Okay? <laughs> and the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord, and many of them perish. And that other one which I gave you? Hmm? Yeah, I know, but the... Mm, let me tell you. Go, go to go from twenty onwards, where he talks about the priests. Got it? Yeah, twenty-two. And so let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. What does God tell the priests? We all, everybody was very proud in the new covenant. We are a royal priesthood. God says, sanctify yourself. Sanctify yourself. Lest I break forth against you. God doesn't want to break forth against you. God wants to break forth for you. But what does he tell the priests? He says, consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself. Old New covenant, old covenant priest needed to sanctify ourselves. New covenant priest. Okay. He is our sanctification. He is. We don't realize. We are still going the old testament way. It is not rules, 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 rules. It is not rules. It is Christ. That is why the Holy Spirit has given. The Holy Spirit is this. See, people are old testament in, in mind. So they just want rules. Give me ten rules. Which I can keep. They don't want a living relationship. Daddy, what do you want me to do? It's easy. Do this, do this, do this. Finish, Daddy, I finish. Can I go play? 
On the other hand, daddy says, come with me. Walk with me. We don't want that. Because we want to play. <laughs> they rose. See, they worship us. They rose up early in the morning. They ate, they drank. They worshipped, sacrificed, and they, ro- they ate, they drank, and rose up to play. That is typical children. No? Daddy, what do you want me to do? Uh, do this, do this. Can I go play? See, this is the way the modern culture has changed. Old days, it was not like that. Old days, no? Father is a farmer. Wake up and go with the dad. Let's go. There were no, there were no education like this. It was only trades. What do you think Jesus did for years? Woke up in the morning and was with his father. What is, how is he learning? By observation. And how did he learn on earth from his heavenly father? He says, I do what I see my father do. This is what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. We want rules. God wants life. Rules is not equal to life. So Christ's new covenant sanctification is a person. The person of Christ Jesus. First Corinthians 1 verse 30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So what does it say? The Christ in me is the wisdom of God. The Christ in me is my righteousness. The Christ in me is my sanctification. The Christ in me is my redemption. So what am I supposed to do? Feed Christ. Not feed yourself. Don't, that is what it means to walk by faith. When you walk by faith, Christ lives in you. When you walk by sight, you walk. Now suddenly you are struggling because you have no wisdom of God. You feel whether you are saved or unsaved because you are questioning your righteousness. No sanctification is taking place because that fellow you hates sanctification. And you are not sure whether you are redeemed or not. Well, Christ in you is everything. So the new covenant is completely different from the old covenant. Christ the person. Because in this, you know, because it's heartbreaking to hear stories. And it's heartbreaking to see people dying without knowing Christ. The saddest thing that is happening in India, the pictures is all the people dying and cremation taking place. They are dying without knowing God. God. Without knowing God. Christians are dying. Without knowing God, because they followed rules. They did not know Christ. That's what the Bible is talking about. When we break through into his presence, he break forth in us. Actually, we are looking up, but he's right there in us. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit breaks forth. He shows us, you know what, all that you need, I am. I am. All that you need. I am the spirit of Christ. I am the wisdom of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am your sanctification. I am your redemption. I am your holiness. Okay. We are looking everywhere. But except like I said. Listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 9. 6. Yeah. yeah Luke 9. 16 and 17. He took five loaves and two fish, looking up to heaven. 
He blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples who set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and twelve baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. You know what happened to the church in India? You know what they did? They gave the five loaves into Jesus' hand, the two fish. He took it and he blessed it and we took it back and we ate it. Neither were we satisfied, nor is the nation satisfied. And this nation is hurting. The church has nothing to give. You know why? Because we didn't give his, we gave our lives to him. We wanted him to take it. We wanted him to bless us. And we wanted our lives back. We did not want our lives broken. If our lives were broken, his light would have shone. His light would have shone. And the nation would have been satisfied. Those who eat of our lives are not satisfied. It's like grit in their teeth. You know why? Because that's four things Jesus did. He took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. But the third part we stopped. We like stage one. Lord, take my life. Bless me, Lord. It's true. We, we pray his prayer. What is his name? The guy who said, keep me from pain. Javis' prayer. Jabez's prayer. But we don't. We want him to bless us. We want the mighty hand of God upon bless me, O Lord. But we don't want him to break us. We don't want to break us. And because he cannot break us, he cannot give us away. We do not allow God to give our lives away. My life is mine. Ultimately, life is equal to time. We don't give God sovereignty over our time. You know why? Because we are not broken. He cannot give us away. And I will tell you something. God has never given a life away that he was not broken first. Never. Because he knows that life will not satisfy. And only lives that are broken will satisfy because when they are broken, it is his life that goes from them. So people are going through pain. People are going through struggle. From President Trump onwards, everybody. Because of what has happened in the past less than a year. It was an election that was in his grip. There was no way in January 2020 anybody could have ever thought in December 2019 he was going for landslide. And he won by a landslide, just stolen. But he was going for a landslide. The only way they could take the election away from was releasing this pandemic upon the whole world. It was a man-made pandemic released to destroy U.S. That's why variants are coming and there is no medicine, no vaccine is really working. And they don't want Indians coming because there are so many variants over which we do not know their vaccines will work. Because it was made in a lab. And WHO is playing the fool. Who doesn't know who it is? (laughs) Do you know the only, only nation in the world, the only nation in the world in 2021 whose, whose economy is exploding? China. After killing the rest of the world. You don't understand what is happening. So please remember, if you want to be a blessing from God's hands, which will satisfy, and there is so much left over, fill so much left over, God says, will you allow me to break you? 
Because if he if we allow him to break us through, he will break forth on us. It was the broken loaves that multiplied. It was the broken loaves that multiplied. It was the broken loaves that fed the hunger of the masses. It was the broken loaf that satisfied everybody. And you know what? Christendom is full of unbroken loaves. They have taken, they have blessed and they took their lives back. So don't break me. Don't break me. Don't break me. I'm telling to people around the world, my pastors, dear saints over there, you have gone through so much pain, so much brokenness. And God says, don't waste it. Now you can satisfy. Because it's my hands that broke you. You may have seen situations. Because the Bible will say, Jacob, Joseph's brother sold him. But the psalmist will say, God sent him. Those may be the hands that broke you, but it was not their hands. It was my hands over their hands broke you so that one day you would satisfy your entire household. Jacob and his household, 70, are going into Egypt because there's a broken man through him God's life can pour. It's a broken man sitting on the throne. Pharaoh doesn't know him. He's broken. Only God knows. If you see him, oh, he's sitting there, well-shaven, Egyptian. His his robe is up till here. His sleeves are till here. Wait a second, robe. Can you really slow roll your sleeves? No. Can you roll down your collar? No, because there are marks of fetters there. There are marks of chains here. If you were to pull up his leg, there are marks of ingrained. The chains have sunk into his leg. For 13 years he was in chains. Until the iron entered his soul. But you know what? He had to die. He had to be broken. So God could break forth on him. And rescue his household, his nation. And all the nations of the world came to him. When they went to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, go to Joseph. Go to Joseph. Go to Joseph. Because God can send hungry people only to broken men and women. Only they can satisfy. So don't fight if God is trying to break you. As God said, Saul, don't fight the gods because I want you to satisfy. So it doesn't matter who it is, whether it is Ace or anybody, if the situation is bringing you into a state of brokenness, it is so that people can be satisfied. Lives can be blessed. Unbroken loaves satisfy you. It doesn't satisfy the hurting masses. You have nothing to tell them. That's what Paul will say in Second Corinthians. The God of all comfort. Comfort you. The words he's speaking. Through the comfort God gave us. I have no comfort to offer you. If I do not know. I can speak to you from my head. I cannot speak to you from my heart. Head knowledge doesn't comfort. Heart knowledge. So I can I know what it is. I've gone through it. You know when I went through it? God was with me. God comforted me. God healed me. God raised me from the dead. And I'm able to pass it on because the God of all comfort is passing that comfort through you and me into others. Otherwise it's head knowledge. You cannot, you can only say it is written. You cannot say God said. It's a difference between these two. It is written. Is enough for the devil. God said, man needs that. The prophets stood before God's people and they did not say, it is written. They said, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. You have a word for the weary. So don't let this pass over your head. When you in your child, because a lot of children say, little Venkat sitting over here. He's gone through brokenness. 
I know last year how you came back. Many of you came back from your homes. I know how I saw you. Skin and bones, starving. Didn't have food to eat. Didn't have a place to sleep. How many of you went through that? And you came back. Now you're looking like well-fatted calves again. The question is, did you learn from that? Did you learn from that? And are you very serious about it? Okay. Are you serious? Let us say, suddenly this pandemic into 100 new variants and the government decides to close down all the schools for five years and we send you all home. What happens to you? Most of you would be married off. Your life is gone. Your parents say, you are a burden for us. Marry them off. You're not a burden for us. So have you thought about it? Seriously? Have you thought about it? Have you broken through? Have you allowed this thing to bring brokenness into your life so that God can break forth into your life? That is why people waste opportunities and things that happen is wasted. They're wasted. The Bible says, you know what? The tears of the saints are gathered in the bottle of the Lord. The tears, not your laughter. Not your prosperity, not your success, not your trophies, not all that. Your tears are gathered. And in the book of Revelation, the saint, the, the revelator, John the Apostle sees something. When incense is being offered, the prayers of the saints are mixed with fire. The tears are mixed over there. And that tears do not put off the fire before God. Okay, Because the saints are crying out day and night, Lord, God says, a little time more. You know why God delays answering their prayers? Do you know why God delays answering the cries of the saints around the world? Because we are not ready. We are not ready. We are still gazing at God. We are not still gazing at God. But how long will God tarry? It's like the old games we used to play. Sat. Finally, he says, whether you are ready or not, here I come. God will come. God trying to tell us. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Gideon's 300 finally broke through. They broke through fear. 22,000 were afraid. When you are in a group of fearful people, you also feel afraid. It passes. Because that is mob psychology. If mob is excited, you are excited. You don't like cricket. You were taken for cricket, but you're watching IPL. Everybody's lifting hands. You have no clue what this means. You also lift your hands. This is the mob. Now, because I had my kids coming from US, they play baseball. We play cricket. So they took the cricket bat and started playing baseball. So you have 32,000 people of which 22,000 are afraid. Fear seeps into you. 10,700 are complacent, double-minded. It seeps into you. They had to break through fear and complacency and double-minded before they could become one with Gideon. They had to break through. It's not easy. It is not easy. If you're sitting in a church of people who are not disinterested in God, but you are hungry for God, it takes you effort to cut through and still listen to a staid, dull sermon, yet there is scripture in it and you are able to receive from God. You have to break through. You have to break through. 
They break through fear. They break through complacency. They break, broke through double-minded. And you know what? God broke through for them. God broke through for them. 300. That's what God said. I want only 300. Only 300. Let them go. Only 300. And these 300 broke through. And they are standing now. 100, 100, 100 in three directions. They are standing there. Right? You know what happened? What did they have? They had empty pitchers. They had torches. And they had trumpets. Do you know they started in the dark? Started. Light was given to them. Light was given to them. The picture was empty. The picture was dark. That's where we all began. We began in the dark. We were empty. Empty of God. Empty of the light of God. And light was given to us. Light was given to us. We think we came full. God says you are empty. The fellow who thinks he's full, he's empty. You think we have light. God says you are living in darkness. We were saved from darkness into light to declare his praises. That's what the Bible says through Peter. We were in darkness. We were not in darkness. We were darkness. I was an abode of darkness with the works of darkness. Empty of God. Empty of the knowledge of God. Separated from the commonwealth of Israel. People without hope. I was a man without hope. Though I did not know. That my hope was false. I had so much hope in the world. So much knowledge because I had read. And I had plans. I did not know. It was a false hope. Destined for destruction. Empty and dark. What was given? Light was given. Light was given. And the light was hidden inside. The light was hidden inside. As long as the light is hidden inside... Nothing happens to the enemy. Nothing happens to the enemy. Nothing happens to the enemy. The Midianites are camping over there. Midianites will come tomorrow and defeat you and take everything. Why? Because the light is hidden inside. Nothing is happening in so many Christian lives. You know, it's not because they don't have light. The light is hidden inside. And the flesh is projected. And the devil loves flesh. The world loves flesh. You are best friends with the world. The world loves you. You love the world. The light is hidden inside. It is hidden inside. So you face no problem with the world. Your problem is with God. As I said, most Christians, their problem is with the Holy Spirit, not with the world. The flesh resists the spirit. The spirit resists the blood. But you have no issues with the world. Your issues with the Holy Spirit. Most people I know, the issues with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says, going this way. You're saying, I am going this way. The world says, come along and you go along. Is, are you saved? Of course. Where is the light? Hidden. Hidden. Judges 7, 19 and 20. And Gideon and the 300 men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. Just they had their posted the watch and they blew their trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Together. Together. Simultaneously, they 
broke the pitcher and blew the trumpet. I brought you out of darkness into light to declare your praises. The problem is if you blow the trumpet without the pitcher being broken, it makes an unsure sound because it is your flesh declaring something about God and it will not have the power to save people. If you have to blow the trumpet, the pitcher has to be broken. The life of Jesus has to be seen and then declare his praises. They will say his word and his walk are the same. His walk are the same. That's why the Bible says, let your conversation, your life be without covetousness. Because covetousness is the hallmark of the world. That is the problem. It has to be broken simultaneously. You break the pitcher and you blow the trumpet. The pitcher is gone. Your outward shell is gone. Your flesh has been broken on the stone, on the cross. And the life of Christ is being revealed and the praises of God is being declared. You know what? The enemy will flee. Because the enemy has no answer to that life. He cannot question that life. He cannot resist that life because that is the life of Christ. That is not your life. Your life and my life can be resisted. The life of Christ cannot be resisted. And there are no shortcuts to this. There are no shortcuts to this. Whose life is being seen? Your life or Christ's life? If Christ's life has to be seen, you know what? The vessel has to be broken. And the trumpet has to be born. Not trumpeting your praises. Declaring the praises of him who delivered you. My God, my God, my Jesus. You look at the broken men in the Bible. Joseph is broken, brought. Or he says, my God can give an interpretation. Daniel and his three friends have said, our God can give an interpretation. You know why they are broken? Broken. So the ones are, oh, your majesty always waiting. I am a gifted man. This is my talent. I can give interpretation. No, my God. My God. Let us fast and ask the Lord. My God. My God. They are not rest- resting on their laurels. They are not resting on their credentials or their hard work. Three years. You know what? Among Judah, we three, we four were selected to be in the king's university. You know what? We topped the exam. When the king, God did not test us. King tested us. We topped. And I was found ten times better than the rest of you. You know what? If the king has a problem, call me. I have the answers. No, my God. Let's fast and pray. Let's fast and pray. That's the life of Christ. That's not the life. Because when Jesus came, he was equal to God. But he emptied himself all his glory. And he watched his father in prayer. This is what the father is saying. He heard. This is how he does. So he heard and did it the way his father did. It is not enough to hear and do. You have to do it the way God does it. That's the difference. That is what it means. He was humble. He was meek, he was lowly. He heard, he watched and did it that way. And God could only find 300 people who would do it that way. 300 people. And that's enough. God doesn't need too many people. He's not angry with the rest of them. He's simply saying, I cannot use you. He will do it your way. Broke the pictures that were in their hands. And verse 20. Then the three companies blew their trumpets and broke the pitchers. And they held their torches in their left hand and the trumpets in the right hand. And they said, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Sword of the Lord. But do you know? Was there a sword in the camp? No. What does it mean? The Lord was fighting for them. You don't need a sword. God will fight for you. 
If you are a broken vessel and you have the high praises of God in your mouth, God will fight for you. He will fight for you. Wherever you are, He will fight for you. He will join the battle. Because He knows this is His life. (coughs) In Him was life. In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. In me was darkness. And darkness was my life. (laughs) But when he comes in, his life is light. And his life will be only revealed when we are broken. When we are broken, we need to realize when we are broken, we are breaking through. Brokenness is breaking through and God breaks forth for us. Breaks forth for us. And he's not ashamed. He says, Joseph, my boy. He says, Moses, my servant. He's Abraham, my servant, my friend. He had to be broken because after carrying that name, father of nations, father of nations, he had to carry that name for hundred years before he had a child. If he was an Indian, they would have called him Pita Mahode. But can you can you imagine the your insides call up? Your ridicule, ridicule, shame. But you're carrying the shame of Christ. You're being a fool for Christ. By the time he's broken, he's broken. God says, you know what, my friend Abraham. My servant gets angry with his elder brother and sister. How dare you talk about me? God heard. What Moses didn't hear? God heard. How dare you speak about my servant Moses? With others I give them visions and dreams. With him I speak face to face. Stand stand aside for seven days. Let the whole camp stop. Two million people stopped. You know why? Because Moses, Miriam said something about Moses. The whole company stopped. Whole nation is at standstill. You know why? God got upset because his elder sister spoke something about the younger brother. But the younger brother was special. He was a broken man. And God was dwelling with him because he dwells with those who have a broken and a contrite spirit. God says, let the whole nation stop. Seven days lockdown for Israel. And seven days quarantine for Miriam outside the camp. Do you see how zealous God is for broken vessels? He breaks forth for them. I'm telling you the, the, the blessings of brokenness. That if we can break through into that realm, God will break forth for us. Because in us there is nothing. What we have is His life. That life is the light of men. So when the pitcher was broken, the torch and the trumpet, you know what? The enemy started fleeing. Enemy started fleeing. Verse 21 and 22 of Judges. Every man stood in his place all around the camp. And the whole army ran and cried out and fled. Nothing is happening. Only 300 people. With the life of Christ. 300 saints standing with the life of Christ. The demonic powers will flee. Because they cannot resist the life of Christ. They are running to and fro and cried. But the question I need to ask. That's another message. Verse 21. Yeah. Verse 21 is a different message altogether. Every man stood in his place. Do you know your place? To stand? 
Do you know your place in the body of Christ? Will you take your stand and stand there without moving? Doesn't matter what that place is. Do you know your place? Do you know your place? Can you stand in your place? Do we know our place in the body of Christ? And the enemy. And what happens to the enemy? Word of God says, when the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord, the Lord, set every man's sword against his companion throughout the camp. They didn't need to fight. They fought among themselves. What did they do? Broke the picture. The life of Christ is revealed. Sang the high praises of God. And God did the battle. Our God is a man of war. He fights our battles. Okay. On the other hand, we don't go through this process and we are fighting our own battles and we fight. We are not winning. I'm not able to win because the forces are too much for me. Flesh can never win over flesh. Flesh can never win over powers of darkness. You cannot win over lust. You cannot love win over addictions. Christ can. Christ can. You're trying the wrong way. You're not allowing the Holy Spirit to fight it for you. You're not falling upon him and say, Lord, have mercy. Rescue me from this addiction. Rescue me from this pit. And God says, I will. I was waiting for you to be broken. Instead, you fast. I will fast seven days and eight days. You again go back to it. Like a dog goes back to the vomit. No, you know what? I am selling my my phone. I will not watch anymore. Six days later, you take your friend's phone and watch. These things don't work. You have to fall before God and say, Lord, save me. Deliver me. And you will see, he will break forth. We are not broken yet by our problems. We are not broken yet by our addictions. We are still trying to overcome flesh by flesh instead of falling upon the power and the mercy of the Holy Spirit. And you will rise. Christ wins. Christ overcomes. And you know what? And then when you open your mouth, you will not say, I overcame. You will say, God rescued me. God rescued me. It will be high praises of our God on our lips. Are you hungry? We haven't even come to the third session. It's only second session. Stand your ground by faith. Stand your ground by faith. Verse 23. And the men of Israel gathered together from Naphtali, Asher, all Manasseh and pursued the Midianites. Keep Come back to this. 625 and come back to that. 625 and come back to this. Now it came to pass the same night the Lord said, oh, not 625. It's important, so we cannot skip it. Otherwise I would have said skip it. Okay, right, right over there. 6666666666666 I would have missed one digit there. And he sent messengers through all Manasseh, also gathered behind him. He sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali. They came to meet him. How many came? 32,000. Okay, look at that carefully. Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali. They all came 32,000. Now go to 7. He gets gathered together, Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh and pursued. Who are these people? These are the 22,000 who ran away because of fear and 10,700 because of compromise. Because you took your stand. You refused to compromise. You stood there and died. They are living. Now they are coming into the battle because you refused to compromise. God is not discarding them. He's looking for some people who will stand. So when the day of victory comes, they will join the battle because you stood. Because you compromise, there is nobody. They also go away. God says, can I find a few people who will stand and not compromise? Can I have 300? 
I have not discarded them. I have not rejected them. I know they are fearful. I know they are compromising. But they need somebody who will stand. So on the day of victory, they will come and fight along with you. That's what God is talking about. It's the same people. It's the same people. God needs people. We have this movie, Last Man Standing. For me, that is Eliezer, the son of Dodo. Last man standing. Last man standing. Everybody fled. He's still standing there and fighting alone until his hand claved to the sword. Because he knows a truth. One man with God still wins. The only way you can be defeated is if God is not without you. God is not without you. Therefore, to my brother, I say, stand. Paul will say in the Ephesians, after you have done everything, stand. Stand. Put on the full armor of God. Clothes with the might of God. Stand. When the day of evil comes. Stand your ground. Know your place. Stand. With a broken life. The high praises of God in your mouth. And you know what? God will set ambushes among the enemy. He will turn each one against the other. And they will cry out. And they will flee. This is the way of God. So please understand. Our whole idea from the imp- behind the pulpit or any ministry God does you is not to impress people. It is to impact people. We don't want to impress people. That's why I said I hate this. It has advantages, it has disadvantages. Advantages, disadvantages is that, that I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be seen. I just want to be a voice. Advantage is that the camera doesn't pick that the colors don't match. Honestly, honestly I'm telling you, if you're meeting on Jeevan Jyoti with 150 people, I would never wear this because I know this doesn't match. But the camera you look, it matches. Go back today and watch on YouTube. It matches. It doesn't show the difference because the camera takes the shade off. But that is not what I'm saying. We are not here to impress people with our ministry. We are here to impact people with the life of Christ. We don't want to impress anybody. You want to impact people with the life of Christ. That Christ receives the glory. Christ receives the honor. We don't want glory. I know it's a tradition in America, but when people write to pastor and the first lady, I tell them there's no first lady here. I am the last man. How can she be the first lady? The kingdom of God, everything is inverted from the world. In the church, you are not the first man, you are the last man. If I am the last man, how does she become the first lady? She's not the first lady, she's the last lady. We are the last. Meaning, if we were the captain and the first mate, in a captain and the first mate, you look at history, if the ship were sinking, we will go down with the ship. We will be the last people to get out. We won't be the first. But if America is attacked, the first person to be taken out is the president. When the ship goes down, the captain goes down with the ship. He's the last man. He's the last man. We are not the first to abandon ship. We will be the last. The last. You need to understand how the kingdom of God works. There is no, this is not glory now. It is glory then. And he decides. He decides. So we need to understand what does the Bible mean. We revive us, O Lord. Restore us, O Lord. To what? Revive to what? Restore to what? To this. Lord, make me a broken vessel. And you break through for me. You break through for me, Lord. 
You break through for me. When you break through for 300 people, when 300 people die to themselves, the, I mean, the heart must have been sinking. 300 people standing in the dark and the army of one lakh, 135,000 armed soldiers. You know what? You don't stand a chance. With 32,000, you can still say we can give a fight. Right? You can still. For a fluke, Bangladesh might defeat India. But, with 300, there is no chance. But because these 300 died to themselves, 32,000 received life and glory and victory in the battle. It is like David. Running, rushing in the last stage. Everybody has been taken captive. Only 600 people, tired after marching for three days. And 200 people says, we are too tired. He said, keep the baggage, you stay here. Lighten the Lord. Let's go rush further. He refuses to give up. And those 400 meters destroy the Midianites and the Amalekites. When they come back, there were some rascals among them. Who said, I didn't say that. God said, some rascals among them. Hmm? Hmm? Sons of Belial. Rascal is a milder term. Okay. So even in David's company who are warlike, there are rascals. Please understand that rascals are there everywhere. Okay, Because in Noah's boat that came through the water, there was Ham. Who uncovered his father. Okay? So you need to realize after going through all this, there is a crook sitting in the boat. Okay? Jesus, Jesus had Judas. Jesus had Judas. Think about it. Paul had Demas. Paul left me. Loved the world and left me. So don't worry about all these things. Okay? Don't worry about all these things. Okay? And this, this fellow said, you know what? They didn't fight. We will not give them a part of the spoil. But David said, no. Everybody gets. Everybody gets. 300. We were the ones who did. They will not get glory. Everybody receives glory. Join the battle. God says, join the battle. No, I cannot pray like Sister Elsa. Can you say Amen? Say Amen. (laughs) Join. Say Amen. Amen is a very powerful word in the Bible if it comes from your heart. You know what Amen means? I agree with everything that you see. If two of you agree on earth, everything God hears. Lord, I don't know how to pray. God says, do you know how to say Amen? Say Amen. Because His name is Amen. Amen. Just join the battle. You're fearful. Join the battle. You're compromised. Join the battle. Because they are standing there firm. God is calling the fearful people in the church, the compromised people. Come back. Come back. See the testimony of the cloud of saints who refuse to compromise. Come back. God is with you. God is for you. God is with you. God is for you. That is how revival takes place. That is how restoration takes place. Psalm 80 and verse 17. As we, I don't even know what the time is. Oh, it's only one o'clock. Only one o'clock. Their heart sank to their stomachs. <laughs> Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you made strong for yourself. Who is the man on the right hand? That is Jesus. And who is the other man on the right hand? Benjamin, the hidden son of God. The overcomer, son of my right hand. He's a man of sorrows, yet also he's a man of strength. The man of sorrows are the only ones who can become men of strength. 
If you haven't gone through your sorrow, you cannot become a man of strength. There is Benjamin, the hidden one. It's Benjamin. Joseph is the son of the right hand. And then there is Joseph's right hand. That is Benjamin, the hidden one, the overcomers. Let your hand be upon. That's our restoration. How does revival come? How does restoration come? Even that is walked out by the right hand of God. We can't revive ourselves. We can't restore ourselves. We have to fall before God and say, revive us, O Lord. All our fasting will not bring revival. All our prayers won't bring revival. All our preaching won't revival. If revival has to come, God has to revive us. If restoration has to come, God has to restore us. What do you do? You fall upon God. You fall before God. That's why the most powerful cry in the world, especially when Jesus walked on earth, was a simple cry. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And God stopped. It is not anything else. Most powerful. Come boldly. Come confidently to the throne of growth and cry for mercy. You know what? You will not only receive mercy, you will also get grace free. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Jesus, stop. Bring him to me. What do you want? I want my sight. That is not mercy. That is grace. That is not mercy. That is grace. Ten lepers. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. What do you want? We want to be clean. (coughs) Go. Go. Show yourself to the You know what that was? That was grace. That was grace. Ten of them received mercy and grace. While they were going, they were healed. One man stopped. Because he understood the meaning of grace. Grace means, I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. I'm a pauper. I'm a beggar. And he showed grace to me. You know what? He turned back. He turned back. He cried with a loud voice and he glorified God. Do you understand grace? Do we understand grace? You know we are all sitting here only because of grace. Not just mercy alone. We received mercy. But we received grace. Out he came fullness of grace and out of his fullness of grace John says we have received grace upon grace and now we will say blessing upon blessing. Meaning we deserved nothing. And he gave it freely. If we can break through. If we can break through. He will break forth for us. He is not against us. He is for us. The thing is that we need to break through this outer shell called flesh. My worst enemy is not the devil or the world. It is my flesh, your flesh, is our worst enemy. This shell that is hiding the life of Christ, the triumphant, victorious life, it hides, will not allow him to mag- magnify, which blows its own trumpet, not the high praises of God. God says, if you can break through the flesh, listen to my Holy Spirit. He says, my Holy Spirit is fighting your flesh. Don't fight my spirit, fight along with the Holy Spirit. You can overcome your flesh. When you overcome, the life of Christ is revealed. The high praises of God comes out and God breaks forth for us 
in some cases, literally like in the prison in Philippi. You know what? He shook whole of Philippi. That day, like in Tezpur, whole of Philippi shook. And they had no idea why the earth was shaking. They didn't realize the earth was shaking because two people exemplified the life of Christ in them. The earth shook. The earth shook. Sometimes when earthquakes take place, we have no idea why is it taking place. Why is it taking place? I'll tell you an example before we go. Peter, come before we go to praise and prayer. I'll tell you. And we're not stopping, okay? Don't look at me. We can be hungry. Come here. But there are people who are waiting and they are not hungry, so we shall not be hungry. I know about a man, but I heard about a man in Hong Kong or Singapore. Simple, simple pastor. Because he had all these meetings and all. So he prayed a prayer. <coughs> and there was this missionary who was coming to that place in Singapore. I think it was Hong Kong. He flew in, had his meetings, everything, and he flew back. When he flew back and reached wherever, whichever part of US or somewhere he was, he realized he had forgotten his camera, high-end camera. He had forgotten. So... He called up the hotel, and the hotel said, yes, sir, your camera is here. We have kept it. We forgot it over here. That night when he was praying, he said, I took you to Hong Kong. Not because I didn't have people to preach. I took you to Hong Kong to take that camera. Because that servant of mine over that poor man has been praying for a camera for many years. So I caused you to forget. Now if you call him up and tell him, go to the hotel and tell the hotel to pick that camera. That was for him. That's why I sent him. sent you there. Sometimes you do not know why God shakes things. It's because somebody from their heart said, Lord, I don't have a camera. So God sends a missionary to preach. He says, hallelujah, God has used me. God says, I didn't use you. I just took you, sent you there to send a camera. Whole of Philippi is shaking. People are running out of the houses. They do not know two people are praising. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. There are so many convicts over here, Lord. They do not know you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You brought us over here, Lord. I pray you touch their hearts, touch their lives. And the earth is shaking. The earth is shaking. Why? Because the life of Christ is bursting forth. We sing that song, no? Bursting forth. Which song is that? In Christ alone. Bursting forth. This is that earth. This is that tomb. This is that shuts in the life of Christ. It has to burst, burst forth through the forest. Let God break that vessel. Let God break that flesh. Let the life of Christ comes back. And you know what? The enemy will flee. And the people will have deliverance. The captives will set free. And God will have glory. And there will be joy and rejoicing. Wasn't there rejoicing? At the end of the day, wasn't there rejoicing? Because the word of God says the jailer with great rejoicing. Because he and his family were saved. They set dinner before them. Dinner. A midnight snack. Paul and Silas is having midnight snack. This is additions. Added blessing when you praise God. You get snacks after midnight also. Okay. Come Peter and come my wife. Saints be joyful in glory, let the high praises of God be in the mouth, and a two-edged sword in their hand. 
Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let the high praises of God be in the mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. We enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him, bless His name. For the Lord is good, for the Lord is good, and His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endure for all time. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, enter His gates with thanksgiving, enter His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him, bless His name. For the Lord is good, for the Lord is good, and His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth for all time. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let the high praises of God be in the mouth. And to its own in their hand. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let the high praises of God be in the mouth. And to its own in their hand. We will pray and we will close with going to be for a 4 a.m. for them. But remember, today is the 30th, so tonight and tomorrow night are the biggest occult days in the calendar. It's either Shamhain or Beltin, one of the biggest occult. So people abroad, pastors, brethren, be on your watch. Like, uh, we'll come back tomorrow morning, and uh, but we will pray. We have to pray 30th April, actually it's May 1st, they call it May Day, but it's also one of the biggest. May 1st and November 1st are the two days in the occult calendar when people are killed, babies are murdered and sacrificed and all the big ones gather to do their occult. So it's not a small day, it's a big day for them. And for us, we have to look into this and we'll say, we will cause the enemy to flee. But they are calling the demons. You see, one of the fundamental things in spiritual warfare you need to understand is that our job is not to fight people. Our fight job is to fight powers of darkness. Because if we, like I said, if you cut off the legs of the chair, you cannot sit on it. There is this structure that taps into the demonic from which they receive their source. Our source is to go against the legs and cause the powers of darkness. The legs that connect are the occult people. They are the sorcerers, the witch witches, the wizards, the warlocks. They are there. And they are the ones, and people gather where they are there to receive that power. Our job, we are not fighting the people. Most of them are ignorant. They don't even know. They're trapped into it. So many are trapped, they don't know how to escape. That's why it's called a circle. You cannot escape from a circle. But God can cut the circle into pieces and allow the people to escape. So their worst, their big day is not big for us. For us, it is can become their worst day, their worst nightmare. If the people of God understand the power of Christ in you, not your power, it's not your power. It's the power of Christ in you. But for the power to come out, be people who are broken. Broken people who will stand in the dark 
and they will break their pictures, lift up the light of God and blow the trumpet of God. They will praise, they will pray, they understand God-given authority and they will fight it out. So our job is to fight. Like when we go into night, you need to realize they are fighting for us. Because we are able to sleep because we have a brother like Paul is sleeping. The church is awake praying and God is moving. So when we are sleeping, they are praying for us. And when they are sleeping, we are praying for them because the church is one body. One day we will see all of them when the rapture takes place in heaven and everybody will recognize, oh, you are GTC New York, oh, Florida, oh, Bahamas, oh, Paris. We'll know all each other. Now we don't know each other, then we will know all of them. They will say, oh, you are the mother church. You will feel great that day. Now you are sitting like this. Oh, Amma, Amma. In Nepali we say Amma Mandali. You are the mother church. You are GTC Hyderabad. Okay, then you will realize. But it doesn't matter. Let it be. Our job is to do. Like I said, if we cannot pray, say Amen. From your heart. Say, Lord, I agree with this totally. Let it be so. Let it be so. Okay, like Mary. She didn't understand anything Gabriel said. She said, I don't understand. Let it be unto me according to your word. I agree totally with what you have spoken over my life. And things started happening. Okay, that's it. Come baby, pray. <coughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. <coughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Father, for speaking to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for touching the heart, Father. Thank you, Father, for conviction. Thank you, Father, for comfort. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you for speaking through your servant today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's all touch and agree today. We'll bind those powers of darkness right now. Battle belongs to the Lord. We bind those powers of darkness today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What we bind on earth will be bound Bound in in heaven. heaven. And we loose and we release the anointing. Oh Lord, that will set the captives free today, my God. In the name of, name of Jesus, Jesus, in the name of let Jesus, let the captives be, be set free, Lord. Free today, my God. Oh Father, oh, let Father, the captives we believe, be set we free. Believe, the Everyone the who is, is bound, today, Lord, my God, in the name bound of by the circle, yes, let bound, it be broken God. now in the Break name it, of Jesus. Break Everyone it, who wants to come out, yes, let God, them come the out in the name of the Lord. Oh, oh Father, deception, my yes, God. Lord, in, in the, the name, name of Jesus. Jesus, we break that power of deception today, my God, in oh, the Father. name of Jesus, my God. Oh, Lord, 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 unclog yours today, Father, Jesus, tear down, tear down those blindfolds today, my God. Oh, Lord, rip them off, my God, those blindfolds, my God, in the name of Jesus, my God, because we know when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. When he comes in one way, he has to flee seven ways in Jesus. Jesus name and he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty and we will say to the Lord he is our refuge and our fortress our God in you in you we will trust my God surely you will deliver us from the snare of the fowler from the noisome pestilence a thousand may fall at one side ten thousand may fall at the other side but no harm will come near our dwelling place and today we believe we believe we believe we believe we believe no harm we plead the blood over the doorposts of our homes everywhere my God from the north to the south to the east to the west my God everywhere around the world we plead the blood of Jesus over the doorpost the death angel has to pass them by the death angel has to pass them by because we know 
in whom we believe and he will keep us until the day of Christ's coming. We believe we, we shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Every one of you and I see you today. We believe, we believe the COVID will pass you by in the name of Jesus. That you will come will. through this. Yes, you will. You, you will, will come you through will. the fire. Hallelujah. The God of Israel has promised you Hallelujah. shall go through the fire. You shall not be burned. You shall go through the water, but you shall not be drowned. Everyone who believes, call upon the name of Jesus. You will come through. You will come through. And I pray you come through as a broken vessel. Oh, that the glory of God may shine through you. Oh, Father, touch. Touch people. Touch people now, Lord. Let there be a brokenness in the body of Christ, oh Lord. Oh, Father. So that the light of Christ, the life of Christ might shine forth, oh Lord. Oh, there is power in that life. There is victory in that life. There is authority in that life. Oh, Father, only that life you acknowledge, Lord. Our knowledge, our life is death. Our life is darkness. Our life stings. But your life, oh, that is the aroma of Christ. That is the aroma of the knowledge of God. Oh, Father, that life, Lord. I pray, Father, today. Oh, Father, there are so many parents out there in the world who were part of the circle. They have come out, but they are ashamed and they are afraid, but their children are captives. I pray they will go into their prayer closet, fall before you and be broken before you so the children can be set free, oh God. Oh, the children have no clue why they are going the way they are going. They do not know their parents are the reason who offered them in those days, oh Father, in the lodge. They offered them in the Lord and the children are gone wonky, Father. But oh Father, today I pray a brokenness will come into these yes, lives Lord, yes, so Lord. the children can be set free. Yes, the Lord, chains in, in their name. life, the in addictions Jesus in their name. life, in the Jesus lostness name. of their soul. The children name. would come back to the Father's in house, Jesus their name. heavenly Father's yes, house, yes, oh Lord, Lord, oh Father. There's so many in this city, Lord. They're hiding, they're afraid, they're ashamed. But there is one person, oh Lord, who will never humiliate us, oh Lord, who will never put us to shame. Shame, oh Lord. Oh, the Samaritan woman had a very stinking past, oh yes, Lord. Lord. Five married husbands, married men she were with, and sixth one she was living yes, with, oh Lord. Yes, Lord. But you are such a kind and a compassionate person. Lord, you yes, sent Lord. your twelve disciples yes, away because you will never humiliate us in public, oh God. Any broken vessel, you will not humiliate us. You will not put us to shame. There are so many broken out there because of their past. I pray they will come to you because you do not humiliate. You care for us. You care for our dignity. You care for our honor. You will not humiliate us. You will not insult us. Oh, that they would come to Jesus. Oh, they would come to Jesus. Oh, they would call upon the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what covenant they made, what blood oaths they made, which group they belong to, the Knight Templars, the Order of Isis. Oh, Father, it does not matter what it is. Oh, it doesn't matter how many gods they called upon. It doesn't matter what they did. Oh, if they come to Christ. Oh, if they come to Christ. What matters is Christ. Oh, Father, Christ would set them free. Oh, for our peace. Oh, he was chastised. Yes, my God. For our healing, he was wounded. Yes, my God. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father, I pray from the COVID wards, from their rooms, from their houses, a cry would rise out to the living God. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, mercy. Have mercy. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. Oh, and you will have mercy. You will bring them out of the circle. You will set them 
free. You will set them free. And those of you who have cried out and come out and are struggling with personalities, you're struggling with altars. I tell you, by the authority of the Word of God, He came to heal the brokenhearted. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be made whole in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God yes, can Lord. cause things to be forget. God can cause things to forget. Oh, the butler, when he went, the cupbearer, when he went out, it was fresh in his ears what Joseph had said. But God caused him to forget it for two years. You're worried about your handlers. You're worried about your masters who have your code, who can call out the demons. But I tell you in the name of Jesus, cry out to the Lord. They will forget your codes. They will forget the handlers will forget it. They will not be call out anything in you. Cry out to Jesus. There are solutions that God has which no man knows. They will forget. The handlers won't be get a handle on you. They will not be able to put a finger on you. Cry out to Jesus. He will cause them to forget. The holy fire of God fell that day on Mount Carmel. It burned up the altar. It burned up the offering. It burned up the stones. It burned up the water. It burned up the dust. Now call upon that God, the God of Elijah, that the fire will fall upon the lodges where the books are there, where the quotes are written. Let the fire fall upon those them. books and burn, burn them, them off so the, the captives can be set the free. That your chains will come down yes. and you will never loose be caught. Them, oh, God. Father, loose them. Loose them. Loose them. Some of them have been slaves for 40 yes, years, yes, Lord, 50 yes, Lord, years, all their life. Them, but today the Lord says, this is your day of deliverance. Yes, today is the day of deliverance. Yes. Oh, today is the day of deliverance. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Oh, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Let the fire of God fall upon your past and burn it all away that the enemy cannot come back and lay a finger on you. Oh, believe. You are dreading tomorrow. You know tomorrow is Shamhain or Beltane. You know tomorrow is bad for you. You know everything within you will start churning. But the Lord God of Israel says, no. Do you believe I can set you free? Do you believe I can set you free? You don't have to wait for another year. Today, now, faith says now. We are not talking about hope. I'm talking about faith. Now, today, now is the day of your deliverance. Yes, yes, Call yes, upon yes. the name of Yeshua. Call upon the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. He says you will be saved Hallelujah. and you will not be put Hallelujah. to shame. Hallelujah. You will not be put to shame. Hallelujah. You will not Hallelujah. struggle. I pray in the name of Jesus, yes, O oh Lord. Lord. There will be yes, an integration Lord. that takes place, O yes, oh Lord, among the ones who have come out who are hearing. Yes. Let the integration takes place, O oh Lord. And if integration cannot take place, I pray you will take down all the altars down to the lower levels. I pray you will seal the upper level. You will send their guardian angels to watch over them that no yes, demons Lord. come out and trouble them, Lord. I know these things happen. This has happened and I know you can do it still for every one of them. Every altar that is not saved. If those who are hearing, I command you now to go down to the lower levels in the name of Jesus. Go down to the lower levels and I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, seal level one with the blood of Jesus and send your ministering angel to God over there that they will finally experience liberty on May 1st. They will say, I never knew what it was freedom to be. I never knew what it was not to be tormented. I never knew what it was not to be troubled, oh Lord. You can do it. For today is the day of the liberty because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Where the spirit is Lord, there is liberty. liberty. Where the Lord is the spirit, there, there is, is liberty. liberty. And for this purpose, the son of man came to destroy the works of the devil yes, for yes, this yes. purpose. And yes. let every work of the devil in every life here and listening be broken in the name of Jesus. For he came 
for this purpose to seek to save the lost and if you are lost today is the day of your redemption thank you lord today because the word we saw in corinthians 130 he is our redemption hide yourself in christ jesus and i challenge you which demon will touch you which demon can touch you hide yourself in christ jesus cover yourself in the holy spirit baptize lord your people in your holy spirit yes. and no baptize demon will come today, near you baptize no demon today. will touch you no demon will come near oh my father my i pray for all our churches all of our pastors and all the others who ask for prayer and i pray lord let the baptism of the holy spirit take, take place, place even now even lord oh president trump and his team and his family rudy giuliani lord oh cover him cover him let the mantle fall upon him lord they are after him because he's a fighter oh lord lord let him be now a fighter empowered by god let the mantle fall on him cover him father oh lord marjorie lord cover him and i for margie oh father i pray the comfort of god will fall upon her lord you are the balm of gilead cover her lord cover her with your comfort lord supernatural comfort and i command every mouth of the lions to be shut the mockers and the scoffers to shut their mouths oh lord and leave this poor lady alone oh master yes in the last day scoffers will come mockers will come but oh father we shall stand firm like noah and will continue to build the ark of the lord the house of god the kingdom of god with fear and with trembling and oh lord one day our mourning will turn to joy our sorrows our tears will turn to joy we are sowing with tears now but one day we'll bring in the harvest before you oh father with joy oh lord and with shout of praise grace you will put the capstone on our lives and then we will declare the work was started by god the work was done by god the work was finished by god it is grace and grace alone and all glory all honor all power belongs to the lamb and the lamb of god alone oh father in eternity it doesn't matter what you give it we will take it and put it at your feet because you alone you alone deserve the glory of all yes lord we were empty vessels we were dark vessels yes lord you who put the light inside if it weren't for your light we too would have been lost and destroyed Oh Father we just want to thank you. Thank you Lord. Thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you Lord. We want to praise you. We want to bless your holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We lift up holy hands. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. And we all open our lips and we declare with conviction thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said amen. Amen.